Welcome to the podcast where two best friends talk about pop culture, faith, the Enneagram, and so much more. Thank you for checking us out, and I hope you enjoy. So let's talk about the Jonas Brothers. Let's talk about the Jonas Brothers. Um, I don't know. Do you want to do, like, initial, like, album thoughts or, or initial, like, just the fact that they're back thoughts? All let's start with the fact that they're back. Okay. I mean, I'm for it. And I'm here. I, I spent $150 on a ticket, and I'm seeing them in August in Atlanta. So Me I also too. need to buy a plane ticket. In Atlanta? Or are you just seeing them no. in August? I'm oh, seeing okay. them in Detroit in September, but I spent $160, so. Yeah, and, like, it, gotcha I deep. have never spent that much except, I think, like, when I would do Taylor Swift in high school and then Beyonce once in college. Um, yeah. So, I just knew I would regret I, it if I didn't do it. I was like, I'm going yeah. to regret this. So Yeah, and, like, do you think that they're going to keep pumping out albums, or do you think, like, this is it? You know, you know I don't even think they know. So I was like, I need yeah. to go while they're still doing this, you know. Exactly. Well, and, like, they have you watched their uh, Chasing Happiness documentary? I did, and I cried. I thought it was very sweet. It was so good. and But I just feel yeah. like they're like, we just want to have fun. And, like, it almost feels like they want to, like, they don't want to leave. They don't want, like, how they broke up to be the last thing. Like, they kind of want to redeem People their band. Remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for themselves, you know? So, which I'm yeah. all for that. So, I think that who knows if they're going to put out another album. Yeah. No, but definitely. Yeah, which is why I it's like, let's spend 150 it. bucks and do it. Yeah. <laughs> go. And honestly, um, this album is great in my opinion I think it's great too I my like initial listen was that I didn't think like I think it I I don't know like I so I rated some of the songs and I feel like the top banger is definitely sucker like without question um and then I was like is this like one of those like unfortunate things when they like the best song on the album was their single, and so everything else kind of pales. But I've listened to it to a few times, and I think while there isn't as strong as, like, a banger, there's still, um, like, it's still, like, a really great album. What yeah. are your top songs? My top songs are, well, definitely still Sucker, um, but I, I really like Happy When I'm Sad. I love Roller Coaster. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think I really like Hesitate, but just because I know that it's, about Sophie Turner and like totally I love Sophie Turner so yeah um I that's just like a sweet song uh, for hesitate I made like like little categories for not all the songs but just ones that like stuck to me and hesitate got mm-hmm. the most eye-rolly but in like and I get it way because it's like I do get it I think it's very sweet <laughs> yeah but like yeah then there's like you know this like orchestral music in the background I'm like all right Joe Jonas like the old 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 you we get it but I do think yeah. it is sweet because I do like so well fun. and like um, the first I, lyric being tears strolling down your face you're like yeah. okay this yeah. is already really yeah. dramatic like <laughs> like when a guy writes a love song about a girl versus when a girl writes a love song about a guy you know because the girl yeah. is like I'm just full of this love is so great. Where and the guy is like, you're falling apart, and I'm picking up the pieces. <laughs> like, I I will say there's a line, and I don't know it verbatim because I haven't listened to it enough. Um, but it's like time only heals if we fix it right now. And I actually really, 
I like that's a good line. Like that's a great yeah. lyric and also I think that just is like great. yeah, like something that I was like, Oh my gosh, like Joe Jonas. That's so like, wise. You're right. Because I definitely true. like <laughs> Yeah, like I I'm not this way as much now, but I think in past relationships I was like, Ooh, we have an issue. Let's never talk about it. That was crazy. Um I love trust. Like that one my most shocked that was a Jonas Brothers song is Trust. I think it's oh, such I do a like good song. Too. I think it's so yeah. crazy. And like kind of sensual. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I was also surprised there's a lot of breakup songs on the album. I kinda like that the album sounds like a Jonas Brothers album. But like now yeah. they've actually like because when they were writing like breakup and love songs, they were like sixteen and like yes, they were dating, but like I feel like now they kinda of, little bit and so like the songs yeah. are like more mature in that sense, but like they didn't like completely try to reinvent their sound, which I really appreciate. Totally. Um, yeah. And I think, I think they really kind of knew what they were doing in choosing 2019 to put out their album. And like, like I feel like they like very specifically were like, we're going to tap into nostalgia, you know? Um, oh, for like, sure. Like that was yeah, an yeah, intentional yeah. choice on their part. And it's yeah the right choice, honestly. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, Completely agree. I um, I think of the whole album, Roller Coaster, to me, is the one that's like, this is most on brand for a Joe Trotter song, you know? Yeah. Um, and well, I think and that's I the one that they used in the documentary, right? Didn't yeah. They? I feel like they used... You're right, um, the very big And that's thing. not like a... Yeah, and it's not like a bad thing, but it definitely... It, I liked how it kind of closed the album out. And, like, I, this feels so stupid. <laughs> but, like, there's all these tweets that are like, some lyric in one of their old songs has the roller in it, and now they're closing the album with a song called Roller Coaster. So I, you know, oh, I don't know if they thought yeah. through all of that. Because Joe Jonas was uh, literally in interviews saying that, like, he lyrics up on, like, PowerPoints during his concerts right now. He doesn't remember it. So, like, again, I don't know if that was, like, an intentional choice or, like, a happy clip. I really like that song just as a song, but I also like that, like, I like that it's both specific but still vague enough to, like, where, like, anybody could relate to that song. Friendship, you know, and it's also about, like, their band. That's the song that I've been playing on repeat pretty constantly. What did you think of Cool? Because I feel like a lot of people either did not like it or really liked it. I thought it was a smart choice for a second single because it was like because they put out the good song they put out sucker and everyone was like Mm -hmm. this is amazing and then they put out this song that was just kind of like a little bit more like jokey kind of meta a little and like not Mm -hmm. it to me not as good of a song but kind of like i was like i appreciate that you guys are feeling yourself and like want to put out like after the success of sucker you're like let's put out a fun thing about how like great we feel you know like I don't yeah, love I, the song, but I don't hate it. <laughs> it yeah. is to me, I guess. It really grew on me because I first listened to it like when it came out like at 11 p.m. in bed, and I was like, I don't love this at all. And then I kept listening to it, and I was like, actually, I really love this because they've been through so much, and it's all about how they're like, we're just feeling good because we're on good terms again. We're all married. We're yeah. all past all this stuff that we went through. And then I really loved it. And then people were trying to compare it to, like, the Taylor Swift song that just came out, that, uh, Me or whatever, that's, like, similar oh. in the sense of, like, I'm just doing my thing. And I, like, I don't buy that. Uh, I would definitely I say it's, it's like, way better song I think than it's, Me. 
for sure. Yeah, it's a way better song than me. And I like one of the worst ever written. I I am confused by every single creative choice that went into me. I'm confused about Brandon Neary. I'm confused about why she would write a song that sounds like every other song and that sounds like it's in a Pixar movie. I don't know if it's... Because everything's all, like, very rainbow, and then she has, like, Brendan Urie. So I don't know if she's, like, threatened by, like, the whole, like, Casey Musgraves, and that, like, she's, like, a gay icon or whatever, and she's trying to, like... I don't know what she's trying to do. Um, yeah. But it was weird. And there's some interview where she's like, this is my most rebellious song. And I was like, huh? Like, I, I can't even... You can't even, like, fake that to be true. Like, I can't even... Yeah get to your perspective where I feel like you believe that's true. But I love Cool. Cool grew on me a lot, and now I really appreciate it. And I love that now that we made it, how complicated it was last year. I just love it. I think it's so good. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the Game of Thrones line in the song? <laughs> I think it's fine. You know, like, I, I yeah. just think, it, I, I remember, like, I listened first, and I think it was in Dallas. I was like, Blake, can you listen to this? And I was like, trying to hype it up. I was like, there's a Game of Thrones reference. And then it came on, and he was like, that was not a step. Like, he literally just said the title, like, I'm going to go watch Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's so many ways to, like, be more clever about it. But then also, I don't think the yeah. song's trying to be clever about anything. You know, I think the song's like, that's true. I'm that's true. just so happy, and I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. I'm going to tell you in the song that I'm watching Game of Thrones because I'm married yeah. to the star. I don't know, like, it was fine. And then I'm going to go <laughs> sleep with my wife. Yeah. A.K.A. Sansa Stark. <laughs> I know. Crazy. I also, like, just recently realized how much taller she is than him, which I really love. Um, and she still oh, wears yeah, heels. Cool. And will just, yeah. like, tower over him. And I'm like, I And really he doesn't seem threatened by it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that a lot. One thing in watching Chasing Happiness, I realized how much I really didn't know about the Jonas Brothers because I feel like when they broke up, I was a junior in college and they hadn't really put out music in a long time. So I kind of, yeah, like I remember that, but I wasn't as like invested. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Watching this documentary, I was like, man, I had no idea like the crap. I mean, I guess I could have mm-hmm. guessed it of like, of course, you know, being this famous, this young is going to screw you up. They just went through a lot. But I also didn't realize like, how sensitive of a person Joe is in like the best possible mm-hmm. way. Like he's yes. probably a four. I know. Yeah. Um, I was, I, so that was a question I wanted to ask is what Enneagram types he thought they all were. I think Kevin's a three or not Kevin. Sorry, Nick. Nick is a Yeah. Three. I was going to say Nick is a three. Joe's a four. Kevin. Kevin, I'm unsure of maybe a nine. Maybe he's a either two. a nine or a six. Right? Which one's a six again? Is six the a six three is or the skeptic loyalist oh yes oh all about being like secure Mm -hmm. you know but also he could be like a a seven because like i don't know just like the way they talked about how he didn't they felt like he didn't care about the band as much like he had other priorities and his priorities was like family and i feel like that's why i think like a six would be one like he really wanted to like make sure he was secure in love you know because this yeah. thing was so fleeting. But I, mm-hmm. I'm not an expert. <laughs> yeah, no. But I'm pretty confident about Nick being a three and Joe being a four. Me too. I, that was also surprising, because he was, like, so sensitive. And, like, when they talked about how the band broke up, how, like, they knew it was a big deal, but Joe, like, didn't even want to talk about it. Or 
when he was talking about how, yeah. like, Kevin, like, now I understand why you weren't in it. Like, I would do anything to talk to Sophie for an hour. And I was like, Joe, I know. Man. I was like, that, that is sweet. so sweet. I you know, such a, like, I a like, precious yes. soul. And I was like, <laughs> I know, and I like I wanted them to talk more about their wives, which I know is not the point of the documentary, but I was like, we're all interested in it. I want to hear yeah. Nick say something sweet about Priyanka, but then, like, nothing ever happened. It was just that one comment yeah. from Joe, and, like, it was still sweet, but that was also a shock, was just how Joe is just this sweet, sensitive, like, he's actually, like, I don't know. It was cool to yeah. see the personalities. I think we always knew Nick was kind of like the intense ringleader, but I didn't realize yeah. it was like that degree. You know? But also, like, he has, like, a dark side because, like, he was controlling. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, shoot. Like, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. But, like, you just don't know that. I also, like, after this documentary, I was like, I don't think we should all stop making Kevin jokes because, like, this is so sad. When he's like, yeah, they still ask me, like, every single day if someone confuses me for Nick and Joe. My brother yeah. played this concert without me. And I was just like, Kevin. Oh, that killed no. me. No. Yeah. yeah, and I wanted to be like, Joe and Nick, y'all are stupid. Y'all are so dumb. Just call your brother. Yeah. I want to talk like, about. I get it. Like, family dynamics, I don't know. There's a little bit of, I'm about to bring this up, but I want to shelf this for if we have time later. But oh, I'm talking about their um, purity rings and how, like, because I remember being so interested in that as a, 16-year-old mm-hmm. Baptist, you know, like, yeah, um, who never had a purity ring, but if H&W, our church, did do that program... We all would have probably, been wearing them. Yeah, we, we all, all would be in. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, them being like, it's weird to be so, be like so concerned about a 16-year-old sex life. And I was like, that is so true. What mm-hmm. were we thinking? Asking them about their, you know, anyways... But that's a conversation I want to have for later. Um, totally. If you don't mind. No, and I'm do you have I'm down. Because I, I do, like, yeah, we can talk about it later. I'll say that I do, like, very vividly remember that VMA Music Video Award, like, award thing, MTV, where Russell Brand was the host and made all those Jonas Brothers jokes. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of just, like, I don't know if that was what started it or if that was what people, made people be like, we need to stop making fun of these guys. But I do remember watching that and being like, that's so awful. Um, and yeah. even... But I think yes. I, I, my, I wasn't sympathetic because I was like, why are we concerned about them? I was, or like about their sex life. I was concerned because I was like, what they're doing is very noble, you know. So like, yeah. <laughs> so any final thoughts on the Jonas Brothers? Um, we have just that I really love. Yeah, I loved it, and I, I think my favorite part, maybe not my favorite part, but a part we haven't talked about that I just want to like put into existence is when there was a video of Kevin actually, like, calling Danielle in the very early stages yeah. in the car. I thought that was so special and so cool that they had that on video. I, I thought that was crazy. Just because, like, I forget how young Kevin was and how early on that happened and how crazy that must yeah. have been for the both of them and, like, first love. I don't know. I just thought that was very sweet. Yeah, because he was the only one who, like, fell in love and got married when they were, like, in their prime, you know? So, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, which I can't even Show and imagine. Nick. Yeah, and he was the only one who who married a quote unquote normal girl. Um, yeah, because apparently she didn't even know who the Jonas Brothers were when they first met. Which, like, whether or not I buy, I don't know, but I still think it's yeah. cool. All right, let's talk about the Bachelorette. I'm excited and so before annoyed. we jump into, we're gonna try to give Luke P the shortest amount of time because he deserves. I appreciate nothing. that. Yeah. 
but um, we will talk about them. But what are your thoughts about Hannah B just in general so far? I have like m- many conflicting thoughts about Hannah B as the lead. And I always, I think in the podcast that I listen to about The Bachelorette, I think a lot of times it can really easy turn into like Bachelorette shaming. And I don't necessarily want to do that. After this episode that aired like two days ago, I definitely kind of want to more. But I don't know, because I feel like it is hard, and I don't really know how I would be in this situation. But anyways, my impression kind of. On one hand, like, I think she's doing a lot better as a bachelorette than she ever was in The Bachelor, with the exception of, like, the moment that made me love Hannah B was when she got sent home. And, like, instead of crying in the limo, and, like, when she struggled to, like, say anything, like, eloquent and, like, poignant all season, she, like, went on that whole monologue that was like I deserve a fierce love and I deserve someone who can like choose me every day and fight for me every day I thought that was and mm-hmm. so good and 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 I think we see that Hannah more and I think she is trying to take control and like handle the process well but then I don't know I feel like she, like she completely embodies like the hegemonic female fantasy which is like she's white she's blonde she's southern she's gorgeous She's always yeah. made up. She has an amazing body. She goes to church, but is super down to have sex. You know, so it's like I just feel yeah. this like this male fetish dream. And yeah, but also it's like, but she's proving that she's more than that. So it's okay. But it's also like, no, she's not because like her definition of like a fun group date is always like equating like masculinity and violence. And like she, I like hate to say that she's young because I'm also young, but I think. I'm not ever advocating for myself to be on The Bachelorette at 24 years old. Um, but, like, the fact that Luke P is around for so long and that she thinks that she can just talk to this guy who's so clear that he doesn't have feelings about, like, you just need to be a better person and it's going to work. I don't know. So, like, that's all getting yeah. down to the Luke P thing. Yeah, like, I, wonder if she, I wonder if she has this, like, I want to fix him complex. That it, like, is a, a thing that, like, girls are very – Kind of, I mean, not every girl, but, like, stereotypically, like, there's the idea that girls go for the bad boys and they think, like, oh, I'm yeah. going to change him. You know, because especially in this last episode, it does not appear that she likes him very much. But for whatever yeah. reason, she, like, still thinks that he's going to be her future husband. Like, she said that at the date, like, this is either my future husband or, like, I'm sending him home, you know. But like I know, I was like, girl, there together, could be a third option. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime they're together, she's really annoyed. And mm-hmm. I feel like she's just holding yeah. on to this, like, one time they had a hot makeout, you know? like I literally, yeah. So I think it's all chemistry. And, like, maybe they she, don't like, really did charm her. Yeah. Yeah, and she literally, I think, like, when she sent, when she kept him for that last rose ceremony, and she said something along the lines of, like, I'm following my heart and not my head because my head isn't, like, for this. And I was like, girl, at the beginning, like, everything should be for it. You know, yeah. There's definitely, like, times so when you're dating someone for a long time or even, like, I don't know, whatever is not the very beginning or it's, like, you might not always, like, like them, but you, like, love them and, like, that's okay. And that's what, But it's like, girl, this is, like, your equivalent of a third date with him. you over your mind crazy about this guy. Yeah. Instead of, like having to if you're talking yourself into someone at a third date like it is not the guy so I don't I don't know that's really frustrating especially yeah. like yeah yeah and we can get more into Lucy stuff when we get more into Lucy that's, stuff but like I right and her handling well, uh, of it I don't know if that's going to be two separate things but like I'm like up the wall I'm so tired of watching well and like I think that's the thing about Hannah B is like on one hand I'm like this girl is you know she's not letting the boys like 
mm-hmm. push her around. Like, she, like I loved when she was like, Luke, I will talk to you later. You know, like she does yes. things like that, yeah. you know. But then at the same time, she like can't see these very obvious red flags. Or she's, she can see them she's now. She's them choosing, red flags. She's choosing yeah. to ignore them. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when it's like, we can't, I mean, and, you know, I do want to ask you, so I'll ask you now, would you be a good bachelorette? Because, like, it is easy to look at Hannah B and be like, these are all the things she does wrong. But, like, what do you, how do you think you would be in this situation? I think I'd be a terrible bachelorette. I, and I think it's because <laughs> I am a people pleaser, you know, so I can feel very bad for a lot of the guys that I didn't have connections with and then would keep them around long. You know how, like, there's times where, like, the guy's going for a kiss and it's obvious that the, she doesn't want to do it, but she does it anyways because she doesn't want to say no. Like, yeah. That would be me left and right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just think, like, historically, I've like, been in things or, like, like not explicitly discouraged things because I felt too bad to do that, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. that's, like, and, you know, personal growth, I realize that. You know, like, I'm better at it now, but would I be better at it in a context where there's 30 guys and the whole point is for me to date all of them, you know? I don't know. Yeah. But but it's also, like, I think it's so easy to watch the show and be like, I'm so jealous. Of but I'm not convinced that it, well, first of all, I don't think it's great for anyone. I think, like, anyone that does this format. Um, yeah. Like, it is it, it, uh, there for, like, Jed reasons, which is, like, I just want a platform, which is fair. Like, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Would you? What do you think? I would be sending guys home left and right. So I think I would be a bad bachelorette because, like, Luke P would be gone. Any guys who yes. come to me and it's like, this guy, he, back at the house, he's talking about this, blah, blah. I'd be like, you're gone. Like, I would yes. just, because there's, and especially for her, where she has, like, at least four guys that are, like, amazing and wonderful and, like, really attractive. It's like, just pick one of those guys and, like, call it a day. But I know that's not how the show works. Like, there has, there has I also to be, think, like, like, this kind of weeding out slowly mm-hmm. but I would just be like and painfully yeah I'd be like if you annoy me you're gone mm-hmm. like yeah I don't have any time for this but I also know I do I, feel that I am a people pleaser so I probably in the moment be like oh yeah um and I can excuse things and I probably mm-hmm. would kiss a lot of people I didn't want to kiss so yeah like that aspect too yeah no, definitely. This is how um, I think I will be is very strong. Yeah. No, like, I would love to believe that I would go out there and absolutely crush it. I just don't know if I would. Yeah. But I do think, like, I think it is interesting how clear the front runners are in this season so early. Like, I think yeah. the top four is more or less very evident, with the exception of, like, I think people, like, disagree on if Tyler uh, or Connor S. is going to be in there. Yeah. And I don't know if it's been like that previously. Like, I think Colton, I definitely, like, there was a few that I thought were going to make it up, but then some stragglers. Um, yeah, but this one's so obvious. So I'm like, then why are we messing around with, with Luke P? Or yeah. like with Cam? Or with Luke S? You know? And I think that was half yeah. of why the Luke P stuff went so south. It's because it was with Luke S. She doesn't care about Exactly. Ugh. And he doesn't really care about her either. Her. Like, not in a bad way. Yeah. They just, like didn't get a chance to know each other. It should have been, like, she shouldn't have been so, like, she personally would have been, like, it doesn't matter. I don't know this guy. Like, like why was Luke P needing to, like, 
bring down Luke S. Like, that was such a waste of time on everyone's mm-hmm. part, you know. Which is why Luke P. is not, like, this genius mastermind. He's just dumb. Yeah. He's a lot of things. But So who are yeah. your top guys? Well, okay, first, um, who, are, who, are, who do you think the top guys are and who are your personal top guys, if, if they're... Okay, yeah. Who I think the top four are going to be is... Shoot, I, okay, yes. I think the top four is going to be Pilot Pete, Tyler C., Jed, and Luke P. I think those are going to be, like, Hannah's top four. I don't know who's going to win it yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wanted to be Pilot Pete so bad. Like, I love Pilot Pete. Yeah. Um, and He's I think actually hot. The exception, <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. And I think with the exception of Luke P, I like all of those three guys fine. Like, I, I don't, I, like, we were joking with Mary the other day how, like, she, like, is crazy about Jed. I'm not crazy about Jed. I don't dislike, I just am like, okay, you just seem like every, like, musician in Nashville. I don't know. Like, I just, yeah. like, I, he doesn't rub I me mean, a great way. He seems, yeah, like, he seems like, he would make a girl happy, but he's just, like, yeah. boring, you know? Like, he's going to be a yeah. great husband father and, like, no complaints about him, but I'm just, like, there's nothing, like, super exciting about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's so much exciting about Pilot Pete. I think he's, I think he's amazing. Um, yeah. I think he's great and goofy and fun. Um, I think Mike is going to go home probably, like, pretty soon. Do you think he's going to be the next Bachelor? I think so. I think, like, yeah, there's been this too. huge push for him online. And yeah. one of the podcasts I was listening to has, like, the producer. And the interviewer was like, is The Bachelor for next season set? And he was like, yeah, it's, like, pretty much set. Um, which makes me think mm-hmm. it's Mike because it's been such a, uh, like, coordinated push for him. Um, yeah. Online. And I also think he has the best smile out of everyone, I, anyone I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I just, and yeah, he was so him. cute on their one-on-one. Like mm-hmm. he was like yeah. a boy. Like it was. I was like, that's precious. Like it was precious. I know. And he's and he um, like feels like he's really ready for love. So he needs to be the bachelor so he can like have a pick instead of like mm-hmm, being the contestant where you only get the one. Sh- no, I I completely agree. I love Mike. Um, Obviously, like, Luke P's trash, but I do think he is not going home with that, like, cliffhanger. Like, I can't give you the rose. I think he's definitely staying around. Um, yeah. I think he's definitely making it to the top four. And now I'm, like, so certain that the whole, like, I have sex and Jesus loves me thing is going to be towards Luke P. So, like, in what world would Tyler, so. P, Tyler C. or Jed be like, I'm really uncomfortable with the fact that you're going to, like, sleep with me and then go sleep with someone else. Like, I mean, they might say that, but they, yeah. they'll be like, but it's just because I love you and not because, like, I don't think you can do that. Whereas I think Luke P. is going to be like, how can you do that and still, like, be a Christian? But, like, obviously, yeah. that's with me, you know? Like, I think. Oh, ugh, ugh, yeah. And, no, ugh. yes, for real. Like, I think that's going to happen. Yeah. No, I I hope you're right, honestly, because I, I want him to be gone. That shot of him... Like, I've never seen, I've never been so terrified by someone praying at an altar. Yeah. And it was partly the camera, like, slowly going up on him. But it, he did not look like some, like, guy, like, trying to connect with God. Like, he looked like he was, like, planning a war. No, it was crazy. I wasn't, yeah, I didn't like that either. And it definitely also, took me a while I to, just, like, figure out it was him. I, I also hate the fact that he's the Christian on the show. I mean, maybe some of them, some of the else of them are Christians, but they're not like, like he's like I'm like Jesus, 
and I are bros, you know, and I'm just like, but yeah. you're also, you definitely need therapy. And like, I mean, everyone, yes. not that needing therapy is bad, but like you are, you have a lot work to do and you're making us all look bad. I don't say this to be glib, like I honestly believe this, but to me there's no way that Luke P has not hurt someone in a relationship context. I'm not like, that doesn't, I'm not necessarily like implying like physical, like maybe he hasn't hit someone, but there's no way he hasn't like really been emotionally awful to someone. I just don't buy that. I think he is so toxic and aggressive and like manipulative in everything he does and mm-hmm. is really awful and frustrating to watch. And it's the frustrating thing I- to see Hannah rewarded unintentionally by keeping him around, you know, or intentionally by giving him a one-on-one. Yeah. I mean, I do think it was a smart move, but I don't think he understood what she was trying to do in the sense of like, she needed that like time away from mm -hmm, other guys to where like, it didn't feel like he was taking up the time. Ugh, I hate the word clarity now because like it like Mm -hmm. lost its meaning for me this past episode. I just want to give you clarity. It's like, then give her some, stop saying, give her clarity. If you like, that's, Ugh. Anyways, I do think uh, that like Hannah could have been more clear about what she wanted from him because even I was like, "What are you trying to get him to say?" Like I didn't know. I was yeah. like, "I think you're just like searching for reasons to keep him when you know that there are none," and then you're yeah. punishing him for not being able to articulate it, which is like fine, punish him. Like I'm for that. Um, <laughs> and not that I like felt bad for him at all. So I did not. But I definitely there's times where I was like, "It's clear that he can't say what you need him to say, but you also aren't telling him what you need him to say." You know? Yeah. And if you need to like, tell him this early on, then probably not a good sign. And the other thing is, like, I don't understand why she thinks he's, like, so much farther than any of the other guys. Because, like, their relationship hasn't grown since week one. But mm-hmm. her relationship with Pilot Pete, Jed, Tyler C., they've all, like, skyrocketed. Taken off. She literally yeah. had, like, three very intense makeout scenes with those three guys at the group mm-hmm. date. And she seemed, she was very into, she like, except for the Pilot Pete one, she initiated the other two, but she was not upset Mm -hmm. at all about the Pilot Pete make out on the pool table. So I'm just like, I don't understand at this point. I'm like, there's no reason to keep, you have other options. And maybe she's Mm -hmm. afraid because like Luke P's the only one who seemingly has been very forward in like being like, I like you, I am starting to fall in love with you, you know, whatever. Like, so maybe she just is afraid that these other guys are going to change their mind, and so she, like, is keeping him as, like, I don't know. <clears throat> it doesn't make sense to me anymore. No, like, to me, there's very little anyone can do or say to justify the fact that he's still around, you know? Because, yeah. yeah, like, even from that perspective, like, it doesn't make sense. So. But I, well, feel like and like, I feel like she's, like, learning and growing. But then, I again, like, I think he's going to stay. And I think he's literally going to, like, I think she's going to do a hometown with him. And he's going to make it all the way to Fantasy Suites, which is so yeah. gross. Which is gross. The weird thing about Luke P is he's not, like, your typical Bachelor villain. Usually the villain, like, they have, like, a fake but a connection with the lead. You know, and the lead, like, only sees the good sides. But, like, mm-hmm. after this one-on-one, they don't have anything good going for them you know yeah which is making for i guess great tv but like i hope that if it does get to the point where like like say she ended up picking him which i don't think she is but like say she did i would hope that the producers would be like let's have a conversation about this guy because i know it's not confirmed that he's a abuser but like there's a lot of like 
signs to him being a very manipulative, controlling, mm-hmm. definitely like emotionally abusive person. And you also see that he can be violent if he's pushed to it. Yeah. So I just would hope that the producers would not allow her to. There has to be a, there has to be a point when they say this is not okay. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. No. Because they that, sent yeah, that's they what, sent Tyler G home. No, that's what I was thinking. But yeah, I think because there isn't anything. You know, like, I think because he's not, like, doing anything, like, concrete. It's just a bunch of lying. Um, yeah. And I, what gets me the most frustrated is, like, literally week two, he was like, I'm falling in love with you. And then, like, every week since, it's like, to the guy's been like, I don't, like, my feelings are changing. I don't know if I want to be here. And then, like, in the episode recently, he was saying to Mike that he has never once changed his feelings. And I'm like, I, oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I don't know if the producers, if there comes a point where they, like, if she wanted to pick him, would they tell her out of, like, respect? Or is it, like, well, she's made her decision. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I did I really know. love and appreciate how she was, it showed her talking to those two producers. And she was like, can someone just talk to him? And they're like, no, you're dating him. Yeah. You go talk to him. And I yeah. was like, yeah, Hannah, what? Like, it's your relationship. And when if you pick him and the cameras aren't around, you're the one that's going to have to work stuff out with him. Yeah. I thought that was well, a very also, revealing moment. Yeah, I did like that, but I also hated their advice to her of, like, you just have to give it time. It's like, no, no, you don't. Yeah. You don't like him. Yeah, I don't, him please. Like, yeah. Don't give him time. I was like, how much okay. more time? I adore Tyler C. And, like, so when he came out of the – limo and like had his first introduction my first thought was like this guy looks like he's high because he like barely opened his eyes he was like i'm really excited to meet you i can't wait to get to know you more like this uh, like that's all he did and i was like oh my gosh mm-hmm. this guy's not gonna last and then he did last and then i was like man this guy's really cute he's very attractive and then <laughs> you're like and this guy is actually a good guy. Like, yes, he has, Mm -hmm. you can, like, argue that his lines were, like, super cheesy on their one-on-one and, like, they didn't actually mean anything. But, like, seems like he has something in his brain and, like, he, 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 because he'll make, like, really wise, like, observations just randomly in episodes. And also, I don't know if you saw or heard, but, like, he said that, like, the last book he enjoyed reading was The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Yes, like he's smart and crazy. Yeah, and it's just like this guy is actually like there's actually something there. He is and depth. he's he is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But like everyone on Twitter loves him, <laughs> and I also love him. So, and I think that because Hannah even was like, I didn't think I was gonna like you, but I kind of like you. So I think I don't see them like getting married. Honestly, yeah. Like I but think, think Pilot potential. Pete, yeah, I think Pilot Pete like fits Hannah more mm-hmm. than Tyler C. Yeah. Just in like looks yeah. and like personality, but like I'm really glad that Tyler C. Seems like he's sticking around. Yeah. No, I think Tyler C. Is probably going to be in. I don't. I don't know who's going to be top two. I feel like top three is definitely Jed, Tyler C., Pilot Pete. Um, but I can't even. Like, I feel like with Colton's season, we, like, 
from very early on in initial interactions with Cassie, you could be like, oh, it's probably going to be Cassie. Like, I feel like she yeah. could sneak up and take it. Um, I don't get the like, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to be, I think, surprised with whoever with yeah, same. whoever gets it. Yeah, because I, I genuinely, like, I couldn't even tell you who's going to be top two. Like, between those three, who does she eliminate first? You know, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, do you find it interesting that, like, and I can't decide what I feel about this, but she was, like, not that bothered by Jed admitting that he came on for the platform. And I wonder if she knows because, like, she's probably like, I did that too, you know? But, like, yeah, is that okay that she, like, like, if he does make it to the top two and, like, whether it gets picked or not, like, that, like, what are your thoughts on that? So I don't, I feel conflicted because half of me is, like, shout out to Jed for saying what everyone was always thinking and, like, pointing out something very obvious about the show that no one really acknowledges, which is that, like, like I feel like Hannah G was kind of the same way for Colton season. Like, she was already this, like, Instagram influencer, and it was just such an obvious ploy to expand her following and her, like, influence. So I'm not saying I like it, but, like, that is why people go on the show. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if maybe she's, like, I get it because I've been on it, and I appreciate you being honest. Because it was, like, one of the most real conversations I've seen on the show. Yeah. But still, I'm just, like, I don't know how I feel. And maybe, like, like, it feels gross because he's a musician. So, to me, it just plays very much into this trope where, like, he's just trying to, like, get people to listen to Spotify EP. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Well, and the thing about this show that I feel like is either going to, they're going to embrace it and, like, just be fine with it or it might end up like breaking the show is this like idea that this is kind of the nature of the show now, you know, like, yeah, it's people, if you're on past three weeks, like you start selling, you know, vitamins on Instagram. I guess it would be unfair to like send him home because he admitted that. But like now it's like they can't even hide behind this reality of like, it's like, most people love. pretend, like, no, I don't care about the saying at all, you know? Like, I'm yeah. here literally because you are the bachelorette, you know? Like, now it's like yeah. they're going to start becoming more and more honest and open of, like, yeah, I want to be famous, and if I fall in love, cool, you know? Like, almost like yeah, falling I, in yeah. love is, like, the nice bonus to going on this show. Yeah, and I'm like, what is the precedent moving forward, you know? Like, is, is that yeah. going to be, like... Um, I mean, the precedent is set that, like, obviously people are there to get Instagram famous, but, like, or, yeah, are people going to be more open about it is kind of like the whole the, the drama last season when apparently Kaylin was talking about how Kaylin and Cassie were talking about, we want to be the best threat or whatever, you know? And it's, yeah. And, by the way, I think that's so on brand for both of them. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know. Like seeing them in the post bachelor world on Instagram, where it just feels like everything they're doing is so people can talk about them. I don't know. I think I yeah. just like I I don't know how much I like them anymore, but whatever. I'm honestly already bored with Cassie Casey and Cassie. Colton and yeah. Kaylin too. I actually mm-hmm. really like Cassie's sister though because she's so starkingly beautiful. <laughs> it's um, crazy, and she's like twenty one. That whole family yeah that whole family just like there's something off about them like mm-hmm. they're too yeah pretty and nice and like and they love each other and they like want to live yeah. in the same house as each other as adults and yeah like, what? <laughs> yeah very strange 
Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what I would do if I was Hannah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what are your, I, I just feel conflicted. And also, like, maybe it's because I just feel so ambivalent about Jed to begin with. I was like, whatever, this tracks, you know, but I just don't yeah. have strong feelings about him either way. So that might be why. I don't know. I wonder if, like, maybe the show needs to, like, kind of take some of the appeal away from it. Like, instead of yeah. sending them to, like, all these, like, to Thailand and, and Scotland and, and all these places, like, just have the show set in L.A. for, like, the whole run, mm-hmm. just in the mansion. Kind of like another reality show, like, Are You the One or something, where they don't travel. They're just, like, in this house. Because, yeah. like, because I feel like that's another reason why people go on the show is because, oh, I get to, like, travel the world and, like, have free booze and, you know, like, do all this fun, crazy stuff. So, like, and I don't think, I don't think that's the answer. That was just the only thing I, I was like, maybe they just need to, like, change the way they do it to get back to, like, I mean, there, actually, there's never going back to people just want to find love because, like, everyone agrees that that's a, the silliest way to find love, especially now that, like, Tinder exists, you know, like, because I feel yeah. like in, when it first began, it was like, oh, yeah, like, I have been having trouble dating all these guys that are in my town, like, sure, I'll go on this show and, like, do this fun little crazy adventure. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with going on the show just to yeah. try something out. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, actually. Yeah. When you look at the crop of guys and the crop of girls each season, it's just like you can't – I cannot buy that you guys don't get dates. You know, like I just can't yeah. – I don't think that's the reality we live in. And, like, you know, I'm sure that it's true just for some of them. But, you know, like – they're yeah. all just so beautiful. Like, Tyler C., are you kidding me? You're telling me he has, like, Pilot Pete, you're telling me they have problems with ladies? And maybe Pilot, yeah. Pilot Pete I can buy, because his whole, like, his game is that he doesn't have game, and, like, it's fun and cute and endearing, whatever. But, like, Tyler C. and Luke P., and I don't think Luke P. is attractive, because I think he just, like, looks so Ken Dolly. Um, He's but so I attractive to me. Yeah, yeah. But I can acknowledge the fact that, like, at, like, a big state school in the South, which he was there probably, like, two years ago. He was probably what, like, a lot of people want, just because that's what a lot of people believe yeah. is attractive. So, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. You can't. I don't buy. I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't well, buy it. Well, I feel it. like for this show, it's almost like, like, if I was a Tyler C., I'd be like, I am so attractive that there's really no other route for me than to become a reality TV star. Like, I wonder if, like, there's that aspect to it. Any final yeah. thoughts on The Bachelorette? Anything you wanted to say that you didn't say yet? Not really. Just that I generally do not know who's going to win. And I think I'm going to show her age with every episode that we piece on up. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And her, like, and the fact that she's also at, I don't know if she went to college, but did she go to her, like, Alabama? antiquated notion. Or does she just like Alabama? I think she went Um, to the University of Alabama because they walked around the stadium. I mean, I feel like she did. So, yeah, she also is a southern, went to state school Mm -hmm. kind of girl. So, of course, she's attracted to Luke P. All right, tell me what you want to discuss about the Enneagram. Oh, I don't know if I have, like, specific things in general, which is probably, like, not ideal, but... 
<laughs> Mainly just, I don't know. I just love the Enneagram, and I feel like I, so literally just yesterday to someone on staff, I was like, I made a joke about how I'm a three, and they're like, I don't know what that means. And I made them take it right then and there. So I just am such a firm believer <laughs> in it. And I feel like ever since I discovered, discovered, ever since I took the Enneagram test in December, it has completely, like, informed so much about my decision-making process and, like, what I value yeah. and why I'm doing the things I do and, like, why I work the jobs I work and, and I feel like for, like, the first two months, it was really awesome, and it, like, led to a lot of healthy introspection. And then by the time it came around for me to, like, take this job, I was like, no, I'm just going to lean into it, and I'm going to, like, forget all the healthy reflection that I did and just go back to <laughs> like, a three. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I love well, the ground, and I believe yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah. I, I also, the thing I like about it is, one, like, you learn about yourself, but you also... Mm-hmm learn about everyone else in your life for the people that like tell you what their number is and whatnot, or you can like decide for yourself. But that's something I really like about it because it really does, it it has helped me so much Mm -hmm. like have patience and grace for people because like, oh, the reason she's doing that is because she's a one or because she's a nine, you know, like, or whatever it is. It's like, so you're kind of like, it doesn't excuse bad behavior, but it like, but in things that where it it's contextualizes just like more, it. Yeah. Or if it's just like yeah. something that annoys you or like something you wouldn't do to be like, oh, okay, we're different and this person is doing this because this is mm-hmm. the thing that they care about, you know, or like why don't they care about the things yeah. I care about? Because like I'm a four and so like, and I'm dating someone who's not a four. And so like the thing, I'm always, I always want everything to be like super romantic and I'm just like, let's talk about, our relation, like every time we have, especially like on our like anniversary dinners or whatever, like I want the whole dinner for us to be like talking about how's our relationship going, like what do you want to, and like he's just yeah, not yeah. like that. He's a, I think he's a three. Um, I was so going to ask, yeah, what is he? Yeah, um, and so he's just more like that's not his focus, and it and mm-hmm. For a while, it was like, oh my gosh, I guess he's not as into the relationship as I am. Like, what's wrong? But I, but then I'm just like, no, it's because like he's not a four. Like he's he he has different motivations, and he doesn't. And he's also a boy, you know. Like he just totally. is also going to be less like that. But like, yeah, like a prime. Yeah. One of my favorite stories is on his birthday last year. I was like, so do you? have you been, like, reflecting on your past year, like, how things were? And he was like, nope, ever, he said something, like, ever forward, you know, or whatever. And I was like, okay, so do you have goals for this next year? And he was like, nope, just in the present. <laughs> I was like, okay. So <laughs> like, I'm constantly thinking about and, like, putting my years and months and weeks and days into, like, this is what I was learning and this is what I was going through and this is how it affected mm-hmm. everything, you know, and, He's just like, eh, I'm just living. So, no, totally. But yeah, I think so, it's so it's so funny that you are a four dating a three, and I'm a three dating a four. Um, yeah, which I didn't really realize until just now. I didn't realize Thomas was a was a three, um, but I always knew that you were a four. Yeah, I I think it reveals a lot about myself in both like good and bad ways, but then also like how I relate to other people especially, like, I think in relationships, both, like, interpersonal, like, friendships and 
obviously, like, romantic ones. Like, even the other day, so I'm about to buy a new car, and um, I was, like, talking to Blake, and I was like, this is just, like, I feel like I'm going to buy this myself. You know, like, I worked hard. I saved money. I'm going to buy myself a car. Like, that just is really crazy to me. And he was like, I guess. He's like, yeah, there's just, like, such a three thought to have. And I, like, was like, oh. And, <laughs> and which, I, which is so true because I it, I just, yeah, I think I, I forget constantly just how deeply ingrained that kind of thing is with me. Whereas, like, with him, phrases that I've quickly learned to, like, never use is, like, it'll be just like everyone else. They're like, oh, yeah, like, everyone's wearing those pair of shoes. Or, you know, like, just, like, little, like, yeah. <laughs> I have to emphasize his, like, individuality so much. And I didn't realize that at first. And it's not, like, a good or a bad thing. It's just, like, a difference. Um, especially, I think, when it comes to, like, making the other person feel, like, loved and special. I mean, obviously, like, I'm not an expert at it. I'm not doing great at it. But, like, I, I it just informs so much of, every aspect of who I am and I find it so fascinating um yeah I also hate it I like I I am such a love-hate relationship like I love being a three and I'm so happy to be a three but I also like I feel trapped as a three you know like, yeah totally so angry. yeah I feel like so. you're one of these people and I hope this is not offensive but like you're <laughs> someone who is so easy to like be like oh yeah you're a three like you know, and there's because there's some people like when we were talking about Kevin Jonas, we were like, yeah. I'm not sure what he is, and that's partly because we mm-hmm. don't actually know him. Um, yeah, but like there are some people in my life when I'm like, you are hard to to mm-hmm. pick out which number you are, but like people like you, and I think people like me, it's like, oh, it's so obvious. No, it's very because yeah. we like we just live, we live in it. our number, yeah. <laughs> like. And I had, and I didn't even really realize that's what I was doing until I started like learning about the Enneagram. Learning when I, about like, it, yes. Read mm-hmm. the description as a four. I was like, holy f! Like they, they literally just wrote my life, and you know, which I feel like everyone feels about their numbers, just like, which is a good thing, you know. It's like, yeah, you finally feel yeah. understood. Yeah, I feel like I've never. It is very rare when I read something about a three and I'm like, that is not applicable to me whatsoever. You know, I'm like, I, I don't see any of myself in, in what this was just said. Um, so, I don't know. It's like good and bad and mainly good because now I can recognize where the the less great parts about myself come from and I can recognize yeah. the underlying like motivations and underlying fears and why maybe, like, my insecurities are manifesting themselves in this way or, like, why, yeah. like, I'm, I'm choosing to get mad at this person in my life because they're not giving me what I need, like, why I feel like that's what I need. And also why yeah. them as a, as a four or as a nine or as a seven, in their mind, they are giving me what they think I need. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's all very helpful. Like, that and love languages, I, like, live and die by. These <laughs> like, yeah, just, I feel like for me, it, it also helps me kind of remove myself from my feelings, which I think as a four, like, is a, is a big deal because, like, the, all I am is what I feel. But, like, I can, you know, and it's really, honestly, I think the biggest way it's helped me is, well, in all my relationships, but I guess the one that I, like, my deepest relationship with my boyfriend, like, I can, I'll be, like, doing something and kind of beforehand I would just, 
kind of start to spiral of like, why am I acting this way? Why am I getting so upset about this? Why am I feeling these feelings? I'm like feeling bad. And now I can begin to start to like take a step back and be like, okay, like this is, you know, not that like yeah. feelings aren't valid, but like just recognize what you're doing and like recognize, yeah, like your boyfriend isn't, he's not on this, like he doesn't feel the same way you feel and that's not a bad thing on either of your part so like don't freak out every time like you have this intense feeling that he doesn't have you know um Mm -hmm. it because it it doesn't mean that like your relationship isn't good it just means that like you guys are different people and I think that's the thing that like the hardest thing about being in a relationship is like I always I say this to Thomas a lot. I'll be like, I'm just so mad that you're not me. You know, like that's that's what it comes down to is like you are a different person and I cannot like, I cannot mold you. Yeah. Yeah, And I don't want to, but in the heat of the Mm -hmm. moment I do. (laughs) No, definitely. I think like at first glance, people could either label Blake and myself as like being very, similar or like polar opposites and I think on a given day I don't know which is the accurate one but I it's something I think that I I don't know if I like enjoy the most but something that I appreciate the most I think is that we are truly so different in so many ways and I think yeah. it's what we like fight about the most but also I think is like I don't know if, like, the most helpful thing. Like, I don't know if, like, most helpful is, like, the, the correct adjective, but I I think I've dated people very similar to me, and it's, like, an echo chamber, and I think there's a healthy amount of, I completely disagree with you, but that's okay because we don't have to agree. And not, like, not like in fights, but just, like, in general, like, on style or, yeah. like, on, uh, you know, like, just very surface-level things that I think past yeah. me was always afraid to, like, disagree with people on that because I'm a people pleaser. So I was like, oh, if I say I don't like this album, like, they're not going to date me, which is so stupid and it stems from insecurity. But I think just, like, growing up and being more secure and and all of that has yeah. made it so that I can, you know, not feel like I, I have this need to be exactly like someone I'm dating or to make myself exactly like someone I'm dating. Yeah. Or um, to make them. And maybe that's the result of the Enneagram. I don't know. But yeah, probably not. Well, just like <laughs> growing up. Yeah, and even like something I'm already having to do. Like you talk about, like you know, you know where the source of these feelings comes from, and like you, the four can contextualize a lot of yourself. Like even with my job right now, looking at the caucus, February third, it's like, well, you know, there's 23 candidates. I'm working for one, like odds aren't in my favor. Like I'm already having to be like doing the job. Obviously like there's a very much desired outcome. Right. But it's like, it's mm-hmm. okay. And like, I am not worthless if that doesn't happen because it's all just like being able to do it is, is, is good enough. And also even if I wasn't doing this, like, I'm still good enough, you know? So it's like, it's just, I like already, I feel like I have to like chant that to myself every single morning. Oh, Ugh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and who I was when I was unemployed was just like this terrible, awful monster because I was just restless and yeah, I felt so awful. And I think that was like a big wake up call too. What I mean, I I hung out with you. you yeah, I hung out with you yeah. when you were unemployed. You were like what two months into unemployment when I 
when we were in Probably Atlanta. Two yeah, but I so. feel like Atlanta Atlanta was almost I feel like I cried a lot in Atlanta. I don't know. <laughs> Atlanta was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well we were also all incredibly tired. <laughs> so but to say I was gonna say you weren't a must monster then, so <laughs> well I appreciate it. I do think uh by April I was just ready to tear down anything yeah, for sure. and take well, any yeah. job. <laughs> do you want do you would you be okay talking about your about faith for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, why not? I like I yeah. gotta be honest, I have not really been very reflective about this um, okay. in a long That's time. Fine. So I feel like I'm just gonna like yeah. think out these thoughts as we say them. But it's great. It's organic. It's real. <laughs> yeah. Well, so could you kind of define your faith? Hmm. I'm a believer, right? Like, I am grateful for growing up in the church. I'm so grateful for, like, the values that instilled in me and the people that I met and the relationships that I built. And I'm grateful when I'm home and at that church. I'm grateful for, like, I think we're very lucky to have the pastor there that we do currently who, like, genuinely cares about me and pours into me and accepts me as I am. Uh, which is, like, very unapologetic about a few different aspects of, like, Christianity. Um, I'm pretty, <laughs> like, comfortable saying that the establishment of a church and the establishment of, like, religion right now is not something that I feel a desire to be a part of, uh, like mm-hmm. the modern-day church, whatever you want to call it, um, for a lot of reasons. Um, some political, some just, like, moral and I think that's very similar to a lot of young people and a lot of millennials right now because I think they are mm-hmm. trying to reckon with the things that we were taught when we were younger and then the things that faith leaders are acting out in real life. And yeah. I know, like, the most frustrating argument that people immediately throw right back at me is, like, well, church isn't, like, it's not about the people sin all the time. You know, like, it's not about what the pastors do. It's not about yeah. what the president of the SBC does, right? It's about mm-hmm. Jesus and God and religion. I'm like, yeah, exactly. We agree, you know? So it's like, that's why yeah. I am. But that's why, like, I, I, I That's why I don't have myself. to stick around with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just feel like it's such a cop-out argument. And it is, you probably hear it just as much. Like, whenever I express these thoughts, people are just like, well, you can't, you know. You yeah. can't judge this by this. It's like, I get that, but also you have to recognize systemic issues. And if you're saying it's just a few pastors in a few places, then we can't have this conversation because you aren't going to meet me where I'm at, you know? Yeah. So that is probably in a very loose and roundabout way where I am at with those things. Great. Um, you. <laughs> Yeah, for me, I, I do a lot of reflecting because that's yeah. just who I am. But totally. I've actually been really struggling. Okay, so two two points. I've both been really struggling with figuring out where I'm at with my faith uh, in a way of like I have literal no idea. And B, I know exactly, So um, which is very confusing. But yeah, I I think I'll always believe in God. I think partly because I always have, so it's hard to suddenly not believe it, but also because I do 
I like the idea of God. So I think there's that aspect too of like, I like this idea of a creator, you know, a higher power, whatever you want to define him as a spirit that's ultimately good and loving and all that fun stuff. And that there's hope for this world. Like, I like that. I'm with you. I don't really like church. (laughs) I, and this is a conversation for another time, but I am really struggling a lot with kind of a little bit of some spiritual trauma from um, my college days Mm -hmm. that I didn't really know that I had until I, until like a couple years ago. I don't, I'm like very untrusting of other Christians and I kind of keep them at arm's length um and it's all it's so kind of like subconscious that I don't even really realize I'm doing it but I don't I've really like removed myself from Christians and I also don't want to go like I I've tried to go to some I've tried to go to different churches I've tried to go to different small groups and like all of them I don't stick out um and I think it's because I am so I'm like really skeptical of Christians right now. Um, and that's just because of some specific situations that I was in um, that, you know, were not like terrible. Like there's definitely people who have had it way worse than I have, but really it kind of left me with a lot of anger. So I think that's like where I am with church. But I, so I was listening to this podcast about, millennials and it like really made me like I like started understanding so much about like where I am with my faith and I think that like really every generation is very different than the generation before them but I think also with millennials like us being the first generation that grew up with the internet like and just kind of how that opened us up to a a much bigger world and to a lot of more, a lot more like thoughts. I think that like, it's not surprising that a lot of millennials are, we are challenging the thoughts of the church that is very much the church for whatever reason is so afraid to change. And I think Mm -hmm. us as millennials, we've had to change and adapt because our world has been, Every year, it's like there's something that we have to adapt to, something change, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's, like, really hard for the church. The church is trying so hard to keep us, and they they pretend like it's like the Bible says, but there's a lot of things that you could argue that the Bible actually does touch on, you know, that the church has decided is right or wrong or whatever. And I think... I kind of realized that, like, for me, one of my one of the biggest reasons why I don't think I can really, like, kind of let go as much as I think I kind of want to, as far as, far as like, religion goes, um, less about, like, my personal, like, spiritual relationship with God is because I'm, I'm, I'm so afraid of disappointing my parents. Instead, like, in, yeah. because yeah, yeah. Um, instead of just seeing it as, like, the world is changing and, like, the way we approach God can also change without it being, like, inherently wrong and bad as we were, like, taught to believe. 
but like my parents being in a previous generation who are, I don't think I could actually disappoint them. I don't think I give them enough credit for how much they love me and would be proud of me and support me in everything I do. But there's like this fear that like if I went a different route, would my parents think that I am no longer a Christian, you know, instead of just being like, I am taking my faith a different direction than you took your faith. And they're both good and right and whatever. I don't know. So like that's where I've been kind of lately. And it's like really confusing because I, there's this big part of me that's like desperately holding on to like my Southern Baptist roots. And then there's the other part of me that's like wants nothing to do with it. And I can't Mm -hmm. like reconcile those two things. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's all very true. Like the, the millennials, approaching things a different way. And I think, like, these are all thoughts that, like, I've had and thoughts that we've talked about, but I think where I struggle the most in that is, like, is it right slash is it okay, you know? Like, the, the yeah. can, can we go about this in a different way than our parents? And I feel like the answer is yes, you know, but I think mm-hmm. growing up the way we did, it feels like no, you know? Um, yeah something one of my sisters um i'm just hoping that like an hour and a half in like (laughs) people like won't actually make it this far but one of my sisters (laughs) did something a few months ago that like really like shook my mom up um and like sent her in this whole loop about what about god what about religion like do these values not matter to you guys and then me and another one of my sister had to like literally talk her off this ledge and we talked for so long about how like just because our faith looks different from yours doesn't mean it's not there. And when you try yeah. and hold us to the standards that you grew up by, one, we feel like we'll never be able to please you, and two, we feel like we can't be authentic and honest with you. And three, like, it just makes us feel really bad about ourselves, like, just really yeah. bad. And it's, yeah. like, and, it's a, and, and it's like no one is going to, like, no one knows your faith, right? Literally only you. Um, yeah. And so it's like how can people tell me, things about how can people judge what I believe and like to get like a little political like how can someone tell me like you know something I believe is wrong when they are down to like put a kid in a cage at the border you know so it's like yeah so don't I have don't I have every much of a right to be like well no I think that's wrong you know and like obviously that's like a very like politically charged example um but there's there's dozens of others you know and there's stuff that's not like that and more nuanced and like I think, and not to like get into it on like a, like I'm not really going to share my thoughts on how I feel about this, but I think like a big one that a lot of people of our generation in faith are going to have to face is like living with the opposite sex. Like, are you going to yeah. move in with someone before you marry them? And I know in the sake of like conversations I've had with my sisters who have seen, you know, families, like our parents divorced, they're like, of course I want to live with someone before I marry them. You know, like I saw what they yeah. did to my parents and I saw the, dev- you know, it's like, and I think that's, like, more, I think that's a more common, yeah, I just think, yeah, now I'm rambling now. Well, but. that's, well, <laughs> yeah. that's honestly something that I'm really dealing with right now, because yeah. um, oh my gosh, I'm about that. to move to, my boyfriend and I are long distance, and, and, you know, I'm about to move to where, to his town, and it's this, 
it's been this like internal battle with myself of like, do I take that step? Do I move in with him? And what are the repercussions going to be? Or do I just not? And am I doing it because I don't want to? Or am I, am I not moving in with him because I don't want to personally? Or because, or because you're afraid. I, yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, it's, it's really hard. And like, I, I was telling him recently, I was like, I wish I could make this decision on my own, but I feel like I am, not capable parents. Yes. Yeah, I'm not capable of making this decision on my own. And it and and I don't know. I don't know how I feel because I don't want to like give my parents distress, you know, like I I'm not trying to make mm-hmm. them like have reason to hate me or my boyfriend, you know, like so I, I don't yeah. want to just like rebel for rebellion's sake, but like also yeah, it's like there is this like new kind of wave of like the reason that people didn't do that in the Bible is because the woman was like auctioned off, you know, like we're not auctioning mm-hmm. our brides off anymore for a couple cows. Like, yeah. so it's hard to be like, well, and the Bible, I don't think the Bible does say anything about don't live with someone before you're married, you know, like, and, you yeah. know, I can recall a couple stories where they did, you know, What's his face yeah. lived with what's her face for like seven years before they got married? Yeah. And I, he was living with the family, so it's a little different. But I just think uh, that like I am, I think where I've gotten to is like I am tired of feeling bad about myself and about my choices. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel like <laughs> where the crux is with Christianity is like you're supposed to feel bad about every small thought you have, every thing you do. And like, Christian, Christians try to, like, be like, oh, but, like, you don't have to feel bad because, like, you're saved by grace and, like, God forgives you, but also make sure you don't do these things or you'll have to confess to, you know, your acquaintance. Like, it's just weird. It's, like, they don't want you to feel shame, but then they, like, make you feel so much shame, you know. And I just was like, yeah. I don't want to feel shame anymore. And I was like, and I realized there was parts of me that I was hiding or like trying to change because I didn't, because I was told like they were inherently wrong. And then I saw all these like friends of mine that like weren't in church and were like so free with themselves. And I was like, I definitely want that because I've never had that. And, And like, so that's what I've been really working on is like, how do I love myself and like, yeah be free to be who I feel like I am naturally, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And and I don't want that to be like the re I don't want that to be like, okay, well then you are like God has forsaken you. Like I want there to be some like, like yeah. compromise, you know, which I think is what I'm like trying to figure out. But then I feel selfish because like Christianity taught us to believe that like like, oh, you're just ju- trying to justify your actions. You know, it's like all this, like, I, I have an answer for, like, every little thought I have from, like, being raised in the church of, like, why yeah. I'm wrong, you know. And it's just totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exhausting, you know. Uh-huh. And also, to some extent, like, I feel like I'm grappling with how much I believe that I am wrong and how much I believe that I am not wrong. And, like, I don't have answers for that. Yeah. Yet. 
And then I'm like, does uh, it matter if I am wrong? <laughs> like, does anything matter? Yeah. I get like very exactly. <laughs> no, literally same. And I feel like I think like recently in my life, like there's been times where like in like my relationship or like in my career where like I've had to have like explicit conversations where like I am actively choosing to do this thing and I'm actively choosing to be okay with it and to not feel shame despite what I was raised to believe, right? Mm. And, mm-hmm. and like sometimes yeah. that works, but then in others like, and like this is like even just like, like I feel shame when I'm home for like being a Democrat, you know, like and like working for a Democrat, you know, and it's like this is so stupid. This is so stupid. And yeah. I'm so fed up about it. Like why do we, ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I think I was talking with, like, I reconnected with a high school friend while I was unemployed in in that, like, time (laughs) of professional wilderness. Uh, And he said that he is still a believer and still has a faith, but was like, church just made me feel bad. He's like, I would leave every Sunday feeling terrible about myself, feeling terrible about everything. He's like, I never left feeling hopeful. I never left feeling renewed which is like the whole point of church right it's to like yeah literally like gathering community it's like I don't know and I feel like when I do get those moments is when I'm gathering with people like in a living room or when I am like yeah having a cup of coffee you know and so it's like if you find God in those moments like stick to those moments you know and I yeah. like it's okay to take a break or just to take some time and figure out like where we stand with the institution that is church and like especially the yeah. Southern Baptist Convention like we don't even need to like that, I feel like that speaks for itself especially yeah all the drama over the last couple of weeks but like yeah well and like I I first I recognize I'm very like disillusioned with the church but I I I get into this place where I'm like the church they're trying I just believe everyone's trying to control everything like I'm like yes. none of this is yes, done yes. in and love for God, like, for God. It's all, like, for control. Because, like, the Bible literally says where two more people are gathered, there Jesus is. But the amount of shame, do you, like, I think it was you when that, the summer that we became, like, really good friends, like, we got so much shame for, like, not going to the oh community Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And, like, yes. and, like and, all this just, like, oh. and we were already doing, like, like, we were already at the church, like, three times a week, but we were, like, yes. we still got shame because we yes, didn't do every like, single thing. And someone that, like, I was very close with and, like, went through a really awful time with, like, five months prior was at all of those things, you know? So, like, it was okay yeah. in that moment to not do that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. And, like, I forgot I, about that. That's crazy. <laughs> well, and the thing, like, I've always – been a hard believer of like like you and some other very close people in my life are who I consider to be my community right now because like you and I can sit down and have the most real conversations about like what's actually going on in our lives like what we're actually struggling with and like talk about it and there's no judgment there's no like Mm -hmm. and we have been a constant source of encouragement to each other we've prayed for each other you know like there's there's a lot of that and but I feel like people are like no that doesn't count because it's not in an institution and it's just yeah. like and that like and I I reject that, that logic so yes much. it's just like yeah. 
I, I have so much problem with church community groups because I've been in enough of them where that they were so they were the farthest thing from community, mm-hmm. and like that was my that was my issue with with several church I've, churches I've gone to is they would be like you have to be in community group and the first week you're there you have to to this complete stranger completely open up to them about what's going on in your life right now yeah. and you have to like. They wanted us to be community before we were friends, you know, and that like yeah. always bothered me because I was like, I don't mm-hmm. have to tell these people because I have my friend, like all of my friends that I can actually sit down with and be like, here's really what's going on, you know, like I don't need this. I have this already. And like I I could talk for like an hour on community groups and church and and how they're so easy to fix, but, like, no one wants to fix them because mm-hmm. who knows? That they just want, yeah. yeah, they just want to, like, pretend, like, they just want the numbers mm-hmm. and the data to be like, yeah, we have community, but, like, they don't actually want to, like, mm-hmm. foster community. That's yeah. my, like, very, like, cynical view on church right now that I'm like, it could be a little, there are good people in church, like, that are trying their yeah. best, but. And again, like, I have to remind myself that too, but I also, like, very firmly believe that whenever, like, whenever you voice these concerns to people and then their immediate response is like, well, the church isn't these people. Like, you having issues with these yeah. things that happened in your past doesn't speak for the church. Like, to me, like, that shuts down an argument and that's a cop-out. And that person, like, yeah. So, like, I, I think it's okay. I think... Most well, and people, for, I think people that want to learn and understand, understand that there's nuance, you know? Yeah. And and that this isn't black and white. And if you're trying to make it a black and white conversation, then it's not going to be a productive one. And so why have it? Yeah. Well, like for someone like me who is constantly manipulated to yeah. get a certain result, I like it's so hard to hear those conversations because all it feels like is manipulation and it like completely shuts me down. And I'm like, you're the last person I want to be talking to right now. It's like, you know, because I have been there. I've been manipulated by people in church and made to do things I was absolutely uncomfortable with. And I had so much anxiety all the time. And, but I was like, made to believe that if I didn't do these things, I was not good enough, you know? And that's just, it's not, yeah, it's not like what church should be about. No, totally. And I think, like, we are similar in the sense that we have kind of, like, spiritual trauma that I think spurred us on to these like changes of thought and like changes of how we want to go about this. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think just like going into college and leaving high school, I just was so, it was culture shock one because I I went from Texas to Florida and two, like I was like very personally deeply connected with someone that was like a member of, of a church and like had that authority. And I, so I felt like because of that, I, believed so many things and was so it was just unintentionally yeah. like whether or not this person meant to do it was just manipulated to see certain things and believe certain things and felt so bad about myself for so long as a result of that and I think like both of those things both in my life and in your life like really 
I think, like, if I could trace it back to a beginning, for me, that's the beginning, you know? Yeah. Um, and obviously, I'm not denying the role that, like, going to a school that was not in the Bible Belt played, you know? Obviously, yeah. A huge um, well, and that's why, but, for me, yeah. it was, like, after college, because I, I went to a school that was very much in the Bible Belt and, like, got really, like, even more into, like, faith and church and stuff. And then I moved up to Michigan and like I feel like in Texas you assume everyone's a Christian until you find out they're not and like in Michigan or in Chicago where I'm at now like it's the opposite it's like you assume that they're not until you find out they are yeah you don't you don't walk into a coffee shop and overhear three different groups of people having discipleship time you know like as you do in Texas (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, and I think dating outside of that is also crazy. Yeah, and also like opened my eyes to um, oh for sure, like a lot. Like, um, like my last relationship was kind of lengthy, or not kind of was very lengthy. It was like a year and a half, and I feel like after six months, anytime I was in Texas, the conversation was just like about marriage, and I was like, when? I I think that's the craziest part about. Yeah, the South and that culture that you don't realize until you get out of it is people get engaged after like eight months or like it's yeah. so and like and I'm not saying that is inherently always bad like you know do your thing if that is right for you and right issue, but just like but because to me that's not the issue is getting married young and getting married after a short amount of time the issue is the pressure that you feel to do those things within yeah. that relationship and I think that is what breeds a lot of of that is. You just were raised your whole life to get to this idea, and then you're dating someone, and the idea is more achievable than ever, so you just do it, you know? Yeah. And Well, that was that was the problem yeah. with, not the problem, but, like, one of the things that, with my relationship that I really struggled with, because I, I knew myself that this was not going to be a relationship where we dated for a couple months, got engaged, and then a couple months later we were married, but, like, mm-hmm. so, like, coming back down to Texas and, like, my family always tells me, they were, like, it didn't feel like you liked him at all. But it was because I was trying not to, it was, like, I was You were trying to manage like, expectations, yeah. Yeah, of, like, you know, because, like, after the first time we broke up and then we got back together right before Thanksgiving and I came down for Thanksgiving and they were all, like, talking about how he was, my boyfriend and I was like he's not my boyfriend because we haven't we have not decided to be boyfriend girlfriend yet we're just dating and they took that as like I didn't want him to be my boyfriend and I didn't like him and like they so like they've had this really weird relationship with him I mean it's a lot better now but like there was a long time when they were like we're just waiting for you to like him before we like him and I was like I was thinking these people don't like him, that my family does not like my, you know, partner. What am I going to do? You know, and so then I was like freaking out. And like, it was just this weird thing where I had to kind of decide. I had to like make the decision for myself that I was like, I'm going to do this and it's going to look different than how my sister dated, how my brother dated. And we're all going to have to be okay with it. But like most importantly, I'm going to have to be okay with it before my family could be okay with it, you know? I had to, like, go through that time, and it was, you know, my poor boyfriend, like, had to deal with that, too. 
it's something you have to kind of like feel out and, and reconcile with yourself. And I feel like that is maybe the most challenging part, you know, because yeah, because I feel like we're both at a place where if we want to do something, we can kind of own that decision, even if it's wrong, you know, I mean, like, mm-hmm. there's some things like, like, I, like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to move in with someone before I get married, mainly mm-hmm. just because of my mom and societal pressure back in Texas, you know, like, so like that, like, yeah. that's a big example. But like, you know, with things that are not that, I feel very comfortable for the most part, like owning it. But I think in my current relationship, I felt very, like at the beginning, almost very similar. So I, I love that you talked about that because I related a lot, mainly because people at, people including my mom, including people at church and just like, I don't know, other friends, uh, or, like, never people my age, but, like, older people, I like, three or four months would be, like, so do you feel like this is it? Like, do you feel like yeah. this is it? And, but to me, it's, like, and not even having anything to do with the person or the relationship, but, like, just knowing that, like, I'm a, I'm in Iowa, you know, for at least yeah. February. And then after that, I'm definitely going to work either the general election or Senate race until November. And then there's yeah. a mayor race in Florida that I have my eye on. You know, it's, just like, I any relationship I do, regardless of the person, is going to be something where, like, it's going to be a lot of distance, it's going to be a lot of moving around, and it's going yeah. to be a long time. Like, I don't feel comfortable really, yeah, like, I want to date forever, you know, mainly just because I have to, because I don't know what my life is going to look like in three years, so I'm nervous to plan it around a person now, you know, mm-hmm. and I just physically yeah. can't do that until after November 2020, so it's like, but I, when I would express that to people, literally verbatim, three different people were like, oh, so you don't know. And it made me feel like, is this not right? Like, am I in something yeah. that should I know? Yeah. yeah. And, like, it really, it really, 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 like, I felt like I, not with him, but, like, with myself was on shaky ground for a little bit about, like, is this okay? When I was like, what? I've been dating someone for three months. You know, like, yeah. this is typically when people put on the label of boyfriend-girlfriend, you know? It's like, it's okay. Yeah. And I just, like, was so... And again, so, I mean, we're at four months now. I moved to Iowa a month ago. So when I was having these conversations with these people, it was, like, in the two-month range, you know? Yeah. And I just, like, oh, my gosh. It just it really threw me for a loop. And then I had to remember, like, it's okay. Like, you have to be okay with doing something that is different. And different doesn't make what they did better than you and also doesn't make what they did worse than you it's just different yeah you gotta be okay with that yeah yeah like me and my boyfriend we are talking about um getting engaged and stuff and we've almost been dating for it'll be three months in a couple months sorry sorry three years in a couple months for us um like i was like i don't want to have a long engagement and like the difference between what long engagement meant to me compared to him because i was like to me it one year is a long engagement and to him five years is a long engagement so it's like it's also just like i'm dating someone who grew up in new york state you know he -hmm. didn't grow up in texas like i did so he has completely different views on on relationships and that's okay and like we cannot i cannot force him to date the southern way you know like we have to compromise and like we have and we've we've had lots of conversations and like we still want things to kind of go differently. Like we each want different things, but like we're, we also are kind of like, you know, it's okay if we don't always get the thing we want, you know? So. Yeah. And I, I think also it helps that I have two sisters that are kind of like dating in their own way and yeah, whether it's good or bad, you know, 
who's to say? I don't, I don't want to get yeah. into that. But, but, like, it's been very helpful because I feel like they also um, had to grow up and kind of make a conscious choice that, like, I'm going to do this differently than the people I grew up with, and that's okay. So I think yeah, it has been cool because I think the people I value most are, are reckoning with the same things. So and the people that I define as my community, like you, yeah. Mary, yeah. you know, I think we all grapple with this. So that's when I'm like, I'm okay, you know, like I'm not terrible and I need to stop feeling like I'm terrible, you know. As a result yeah, it's of, so good to have that friends don't that make are like terrible in the place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the difference between me and you is I, like my, both my siblings got married like yeah. in or right out of college, um, mm-hmm. like my parents. So I'm the first person in my family to be dating like as a 25-year-old, like, single, living on my own, like, mm-hmm. dating. And I think, so that's, I was talking to my sister about this a lot, of, like, it's, like, I don't know what to do, and my family doesn't even know what to do, because, like, not, none yeah. of us have been in this territory. So it is this weird, like, I'm 25, I am on my own, mostly, you know, I'm still, like, on my parents' insurance and stuff like that. But, like, mostly I'm on my own mm-hmm. and but I, I still can't it's like almost like I, I don't remember that like I still feel like I have to call my mom and ask her permission to do things you know um, yeah and like and I think and my sister-in-law was also saying like that's like they're trying to figure out how to have a relationship with their 25 year old daughter who's not married yet so they haven't like completely you know half the reins or whatever but like also I'm 25 mm-hmm. and so it's like yeah. this like uncharted territory for all of us and, and I think that my parents are doing great I don't really I'm not like complaining about them at all like I think we've yeah they've really done a good job of like letting me they don't like ask a lot of questions <laughs> which I appreciate <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's something to recognize, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with all of that. I don't know if I have anything more to add, except for just like, yeah. I feel you. I'm in it with you, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, you're blazing your own trail in the Roberts clan. It's all very exciting. <laughs> Thank you I so much. It. This yeah. was so fun. <laughs> Um, because I think after a while, like, just we we're just talking. It didn't feel like we were trying to perform anything. Not that it ever did at one point, but yeah, um, I think well, it's I think good for the soul. I love, you know, <laughs> yeah, I loved how our like faith conversation just naturally went into a whole thing about dating. That was yeah, yeah. so fun. If you are listening to this, that means you made it to the end. And I am both thoroughly impressed and I salute you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We hope you enjoyed and hopefully we'll have more stuff for you to listen to soon.